welcome back to Menu TV Reviews. I am your host, Mo. And y'all, today, we are going to be covering one of my faves. That's right, y'all, A Murder at the End of the World. Season 1, Episode 6, titled Crime Scene, as in S-E-E-N. Like, I seen you do something, not crime scene, where there's obviously a victim there and people around said victim trying to collect evidence not that type of scene y'all i hope everybody's week is going well thus far we are in the middle of the holidays okay we coming off of one where you probably was with family and now you finna go be with your chosen family on <laughs> on this next upcoming holiday <laughs> oh shoot like I said, I hope you guys are having a wonderful week thus far. Without further ado, let's get into the synopsis so we can get right into the episode. So the synopsis for this one is Darby uncovers the secret retreat within the retreat. And in the past, she and Bill come face to face with the silver doe killer y'all let me just give this disclaimer most of the time when i'm watching the show i will watch it to the very end until i see the the ending credits because they usually give a preview of the next episode however this past episode i did not so the fact that darby and them is in there trying to figure out what's going on with this retreat and we get into the bottom of what's really going on behind the scenes y'all i'm super excited okay we know when they meet the silver doe killer this is probably when bill gets shot okay so but I, yeah i wonder if there's a secret there too we'll figure that out so we're gonna start the episode right where we left off with the last one and that is Darby trying to figure out just how in the hell she's going to get herself out of this life or death predicament that she's found herself in and she's trying to still beat on the pool cover meanwhile there's a silhouette standing above her okay but not for long the silhouette runs away and as the silhouette, silhouette runs away Darby starts to fade and it's so funny how they always tell you that your life is going to flash before your eyes. And as Darby's life is flashing before her eyes, if this is truly one of her last moments in life, it is of Bill. And she's remembering Bill. And I'm wondering if these are the stills of regret. Because the last image that she sees of Bill is Bill fading into the darkness before she finds him dead at the retreat. As she fades into the darkness herself, somebody has come back and they have not only come back, but they come back with a sledgehammer, y'all, and start beating on the pool cover until it finally gives way. And I'm gonna take a pause for the cause and give credit where credit is due. Shout out to whoever the cinema photographer is for this particular scene because as the pool cover breaks y'all the sharded glass that comes through the pool in slow motion as darby is sinking it was perfect y'all perfect shots so somebody finally reaches down and grabs for darby and it turns out that it was lee and david 
Okay, she's being whisked through the hallway. Is she gonna make it? Is she not? Of course she's gonna make it. She's the main character. But she's being whisked through the hallway and she's hearing these whisperings between Lee and David and David is telling Lee that Andy has 43 more minutes in his treatment. And so she was like, okay, cool. Go now, go. Be safe. What's happening? Are they, do they have something going on? Y'all, I don't know. So... When Darby finally comes to, she ends up asking Lee, was she the one responsible for sending out the Morse code signal through the lamp? And so Lee does confirm that she was the one that hacked the lamp and told her to meet at the pool. But why? And she goes on to explain that the pool is one of the uh, very few places where there's complete privacy. Okay, there's, there's no cameras here. And so she figured that it would be a good time. Okay, and so she was like, well... Were you the one that sent me down here to basically be a sitting duck? And she was like, no, girl. Like, she laughed at her, like, incredulously. Like, how could you even accuse me of doing this? Believe it or not, Darby, I really am on your side. Okay? And so she was like, girl, it is so hard to believe that when you literally have a gold bag with a wig and a different driver's license in the bag at your disposal at any moment. And so this is when Lee starts to unveil some harsh truths about the life that she has lived over the last couple of years, y'all. First off, before we get off into that, Darby did bring up the possibility of the pool cover being on the grid as far as it being able to be hacked. So even though her and Lee may have been meeting there in complete privacy, or so they thought, somebody might have hacked into the pool cover to make it close unexpectedly. Mm. <laughs> it's a conference full of hackers, y'all. So as I mentioned, Lee starts to uh, devote some harsh truths to Darby. And um, one of them, y'all, is that Lee has been being physically abused by Andy. She is a domestic violence victim. And she said that it started off with the small things, as it usually does, you guys. Small things, and then they start to add up to the bigger things where the control, the, the need for the control starts to increase. Slowly but surely, though, right? So she says that it was the small things at first. I'm always saying how Zoomer was his boy, his son, his this, his that. And because he was present in doing things for Zoomer, she never really paid it any attention. But after he started implementing that, then she started to notice how he wanted to give like exact measurements for food what Zoomer should wear, what Zoomer could or couldn't do. And as a matter of fact, she goes on to mention that the retreat was built to basically keep Zoomer in this bubble and keep her from being hurt, keep him from living a life that a child should live. Because this is not a rehearsal, okay? <laughs> so she says that he built the retreat um, because he had a fear that Zoomer would be playing outside and he would get kidnapped by somebody snatched taken away just like that now while you know oh lord i don't even want to think about that child abductions kidnappings happen every day unfortunately 
um, with the type of security that Andy and them probably would have had, well, I guess you just never know. You can never trust anybody. But um, she says that's why the retreat was built because he wanted to protect Zoomer from the outside world. But one day when he was riding his bike on the inside, he fell off his bike. And so he was complaining to Andy that his head hurt. And so she was trying to explain to Andy what happened. And y'all, he just hauled off and backhanded the F out of her. Like unfiltered, didn't even try to excuse them to a private setting. Now, I don't condone it in any capacity, but at least don't do it in front of the damn kids, y'all. And so she mentioned how it was the little things like that that started to build up and then the need to control Zoomer eventually led over to her where he was like putting his hands on her and she knew that Zoomer he did not need to be exposed to that type of lifestyle he shouldn't even have seen that not one time because that can have a very traumatic impact on him but the fact that he saw it on numerous occasions and Andy just didn't care for somebody who claims to be so protective of his son. He doesn't have that type of mental capacity to think of the emotional, the emotional trauma that he's putting his son through by putting his hands on his mama. So he said that she said that he hauled off and hit her. Okay, and she realized that that was not an environment that she wanted Zuma to grow up in. And she real she also realized that once the retreat was completed, they were going to end up, Andy was going to force them to move into like that underground home that they had the other day when Darby went to like the ninth floor. He was going to permanently move them in there. And so she had to hurry up and try to come up with an escape plan. So she did, y'all. This was on like some Jennifer Lopez in enough type escape plan, okay? She literally said that she knew a mom that had a kid that was similar to uh, Zoomer's, you know, high requirements. His his um, facial features, his physical features, his physical makeup. And so she asked that mom to swap spots with her and Zoomer one day at the park. And so she said that the cameras were able to catch all of them, you know, or what was close enough to, to try to ID them, right, from a, a vague standpoint. So she had the mom walk around in the park all day, and what she was doing behind the scenes after she told that mom to go ahead and tag in was she knew somebody else. She had hacked into a lady, a, a lady's uh, file from the DMV that fit her description to a T. And so when she went to go take her picture, she... Lee ended up swapping spots with the lady at the DMV, okay? And so Lee ended up taking the picture for the lady and basically, like, tried to assume her identity, okay? That makes sense? Sort of, kind of, for the most part. <laughs> okay, so after she swapped spots with the lady at the park, we saw her and Zoomer put on a different disguise and head to the parking lot where she met... Uh, when she got in the car, this this older car, this older version car, and Zuma was like, "Wow, well, I like the uh, the other car a lot better." <laughs> and so she said that she knew a guy from school, 
that lived in this very isolated part um, of the forest, basically, in Nova Scotia. And so she had reached out to him to see if she could come and crash there for a little bit until she got her life back on track. And so she said that she drove for 18 hours. The only time she stopped y'all was when she was getting gas. She dared not try to stop and sleep because she knew that Andy would be looking for them, that he would go to the ends of the earth to try to find her. Well, guess what, y'all? When she finally, uh, she said that she crossed, she crossed into the Canadian border under the identity of a lady named Monica and Zoomer's name was Tommy. And so she says that when she pulled up, she heard her friend laughing, which she found to be a huge relief, right? Because it's kind of like she sees the flag at the end of the finish line, okay? So she's almost there. But when she gets out the car, she looks up and she realizes that the reason why the guy is laughing is because he's laughing with freaking Andy. Andy done tracked her down before she could even get to her destination. And so, of course, he took them back with him. He took them back with him. And she said that while they were on the plane, he only uttered one sentence to her. Well, two. And that was, you can go, but Zoomer stay. Hey, y'all, I'm telling you, Andy may be a millionaire, y'all, but Lee knows how to hack, and in those situations, he put his pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. You better sleep with one eye open, Andy. So, y'all, Lee done found herself in a pickle. So do y'all think that she's the one that's actually hacking the retreat and then her hacks don't went too far and got people killed? I don't know. Or maybe Andy is killing off all the people that know her secret about him abusing her. So Lee and Darby are sitting down and they're still trying to finish putting the pieces together. Wow, did Andy really do all of this just for Zoomer? And so she says that once uh, she saw her old friend from school and Andy together, she realized that there was no way that she was going to be able to escape. And, of course, she could have tried to call the cops. But, I mean, honestly, if he's got the president on speed dial, how far can you really get <laughs> when the powers that be are hovering over your head like that? So she said that she thought of another plan to get out. And she knew that this conference was going to happen. And so we basically to, to sum it up, we find out that Andy was actually the one that invited Bill. But Bill initially turned it down. And so <laughs> he ended up inviting Darby to bait Bill out to come to the conference. And he wanted Bill there because he knew that Bill was Zoomer's dad. Now, how he knew that, and Lee didn't, is shocking to me because Lee swears up and down that she had no clue who Zoomer's dad really was. So, or she thought that Andy was Zoomer's dad, sorry. So... 
um they they come to realize that bill not bill andy wanted bill to come so he could get a better understanding of zoomer and how he functions from a biological standpoint all of the nuances that he may or may not have inherited from his genetic line those types of things that way he can treat him from all angles if something were to happen she also mentioned something about him inviting rohan or her inviting rohan so she could try to like i guess further submit her escape plan to use uh rohan as a distractor so her and bill could communicate so to speak so she could get out right which makes sense so once she realized uh that darby was invited she called bill back she reached out to him in desperation that's what she said and so when she realized that bill had took the bait and was coming she saw him as her last chance to escape so not only did she try to use bill to get out but when bill died then she went to rohan um because she was going to use his boat and so she was like, well, eventually boats have to dock. So that's why she had to get a passport and all these different IDs and da da da, da for her and Zuma, right? But then Rohan died and she couldn't figure out where the boat was because Darby, because remember Darby and Sean were the one who discovered Rohan's boat or maybe he had brought the boat and he already knew that Lee was going to use it, right? So... And that's probably why it was so far away as well. Um, and we do also find out that she was the one who sent that signal from the other side of the cliff. So, um, <laughs> it's a lot, y'all. So then she also went on to mention how she, her, David also knew about Andy's bits of rage um, because he probably had witnessed a lot of them and was also on the other end of receiving that as well probably sometimes but because he needs something from andy or he's andy's true friend and doesn't want to see him go to i don't know <laughs> then or maybe he wanted to stay close to lee to make sure that nothing happened to lee maybe that's why he chose to hang around as often as he did but either way um, she reached out to Dave to try to see if he could get her said passports to go to, I think it's Buenos Aires or something like that. He's an Argentinian. So he would have been able to get her the passports that she needed to get away. And so the only person that ain't dead is Dave. And now Sean, I don't know if Sean was just a oops, uh-oh type of situation um but maybe sean knew as well and so again lee goes on to apologize because she feels like all of this is her fault okay if she wouldn't have lured those people out to try to use them to help her escape then maybe they would still be alive and so darby mentions how sean had said that um guilt is often easier to handle than the harsh truths and so Lee ended up asking Darby what the harsh truth was. And she was like, the harsh truth is you were doxxed, you were stalked, you were harassed until you ran from everything and, and hid in seclusion, okay? 
you were terrified. And then here comes Andy, this this guy who's got all of this money and all of the opportunity to make that go away. But it turns out that he was all of that in one, but just in a different form. I was like, damn, Darby, dropping gems. And so hopefully her and Lee are able to come up with some type of solution to escape. Um, and so she was like, well, I ain't dead yet, but I know uh, my life is probably hanging in the balance. So um, she mentions how she's going to try to go to Bill's room to try to get more answers, but she's only got 10 or 15 minutes until uh, Andy comes out of therapy. And so she was like, okay, cool. I got time. So then they hear the door unlocked. And they're not sure who it is. She thought it was David, but nobody was saying anything at first. Turns out it was Oliver, y'all. They was ready to, they was ready to take him out. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to do what I got to do. I got backup now. So Oliver was like, David had told him to go get Lee and bring her to his room because clearly nobody's after Oliver. Nobody suspects him of being into any type of cahoots with anybody so he wants lee to go there with oliver to hide out until he figures how to handle andy and right now he's holding time off so it seems like everything is coming together y'all i'm not sure if they're gonna be able to take them down but y'all can at least uh bust out a couple of kneecaps <laughs> With time running out, they have to hurry up and get to Bill's room and try to see what type of clues they can find. So they get there. Oh, and Oliver has joined them because he's been tired of being locked up in his room for the last couple of days. I can understand that. He needs to get some fresh air. So they get to Bill's room and they're kind of walking through everything. She's going through all of the evidence that's been bagged up. She opens up one of the bags and she literally sniffs his shirt just to get the essence of him again okay just run it through your system one more time darby so there she says that she's been going about this all backwards she's been trying to figure out why the killer did what he did when she should have been looking at the victim and trying to get to know the victim and so that's what she's doing now. Okay, so she's trying to figure out what happened with Bill. And um, she starts to replay the scene as she believes it, it went, which was David Rohan and himself, Bill, were in the room or they were going to get ready to meet. That's why the three teacups were there or getting delivered to his room when he got injected. And he quickly realizes that something is terribly wrong, okay? He starts to, like, go weak. His organs start to shut down. His fingers start to get cold. And he falls, but he gets back up. And he walks over to the fireplace, but he ends up accidentally bumping his head. And that's where all the blood was. There was so much blood, so much blood everywhere. And so 
as he realizes that he's running out of time and that he's going to get ready to transition, he ends up grabbing the silver dough book that Darby wrote. And he left an important clue there. So... Oliver and Lee encourage her to read the last chapter because that's where the most blood is, which means that Bill wanted her to start there and see what she can find. And so she gets to the part where they were face to face with the killer after they had found Patricia's body. And just as they're rattling off names and Darby sees the killer raise the gun. Usually she stops there when she does her book readings after the gun goes off. We never find out what happened to Bill. I always assume that Bill got shot. But in reality, the killer ended up turning the gun on himself and committed suicide, you guys. So, of course, Bill still stepped in front of her. He was willing to take that bullet for her, but he just didn't get shot. However... Because of how loud the gun was, he can't hear anything, okay? The bells are ringing in his ears. And so he's trying to see what Darby is trying to get him to do. And she wants him to move the washer that's in the basement so she can get up the steps and go try to find help. So he helps her do that. She ends up getting up and she literally steps over the killer's body, okay? But before she runs to go get help... She actually looks inside of his wallet and she finally sees a name, Frank Bell. And so she runs to go get help. And finally, after a couple of doors being knocked on, someone finally answers the door. And she says that there's been a murder down there at Frank's house. And so she tells her who they found. They found Patricia Bell. And so she was like, Patty? And so she tells her husband to get the phone for her. She ends up calling 911 and she explains to the operator over the phone that they found Patty. And so I guess maybe the operator was like, who is Patty? Okay, you got a last name for Patty? And she was like, Patricia Bell. And she goes on to explain that Patty never left. That was the story that she had just left and never came back. But she was like, no, she never even left the house. He killed her all those years ago. And so she's in utter shock. And Frank is dead. So now we don't have any answers as to what happened to Patty. Y'all, what if, what if Andy was adopted by them? Is there a kid? Some, th there has got to be a connection there, some sort of way. There's no reason why he would invite Bill all this way to just to get to know him so he can get a better understanding of Zuma. I feel like there's way more to this story, but either way, this is what Darby has found out thus far. I'm curious to see what else she's going to learn by reading the rest of this book. So when they get back to the motel, Darby joins Bill in the tub. He's washing himself off and he's, he's still trying to process what just happened. He's still in shock. Of the whole thing and so Darby comes in the tub and he starts washing her off and I was like shoot could you at least draw some more bath water before I get off in here <laughs> I mean I know we lovers and all but uh 
this is somebody else's blood that we just kind of sitting in. No, thank you. So, <laughs> and it's getting off in all the, the crevices. So, he's washing her off and she's processing in her own way as well. And she's just trying to get into the mind of him, like not Bill, but the killer, like, why did he do this? Was he still like trying to decide if he was going to commit suicide, like right up until the point where he did it? Did he have any regrets about it? Da, da, da. And Bill is just trying to talk to her and see how she's feeling from an emotional standpoint, because he's been crying like He's been emotionally upset about what took place. Yes, they did close the case, but this has just been all like super traumatizing to him. So he was trying to open up the conversation so they could have a deeper reflection on where to go from here and what all they got out of this whole case file. But... Darby is not interested in that. Okay, she's still fixated on this case and not necessarily Bill. And so he ends up snapping off on her and he says that the killer is just like any other killer. Okay, there's nothing significant about him. He just has faulty programming and, you know, is just a new form of a killer. That's it. He's just like any other killer. There's nothing interesting about him. Like he's boring. He's this, he's that. But what about the victims? They had stories. They had lives that they lived. What about them? And instead of talking about them and trying to process your own emotions, you're so hell bent on trying to figure out what the killer was thinking this entire time. What pushed him to do what he did? So he ends up getting, uh, she, he finally asks her how she feels and she says that she's tired. So she gets out the, the tub and she goes to lay down. So later on that night, of course, they're still upset with each other, but nobody wants to be the first to apologize or say anything. And so um, at this point, I feel like Bill, there's no point in him saying anything to her anyway, because it's not like he's going to get through to her. And so in the morning, this is the scene that we saw earlier in the season where she woke up and Bill was nowhere to be found. And so she went to go check the bathroom because she thought that he had committed suicide because he was traumatized. But no, he actually just left the cell phone and his um, I don't know what that was, but it had fangs, which is his uh, alias that he goes by his artist name that he goes by. He left that in the tub of bloody cold water, along with the note on the mirror saying that this is too much and not enough. Okay. And he left her the keys to the car. So as she's processing that, we come back to the present and Darby finally understands what he meant when he said that she would never love him until he died. And she just doesn't want to acknowledge the part that she played and the reason he left, he left her. 
And he was right when he said that, you know, she had left him a thousand times before he actually left her. And so she's starting to realize the error in her ways. And, you know, she feels guilty about that. But like she was telling Lee earlier in the episode, it's, that's easy. It's easy to feel guilty, but standing in the harsh truth and getting to the bottom of the harsh truth, that's a lot more complicated to deal with and process emotionally. So she finally has her her breakdown, y'all. She cries and she grieves for Bill and the love that was lost between them and the years that they were separated. She grieves for him. And so once she collects herself, Oliver says that, hey, it's time to go. Um, But they still have to figure out, like, who is the killer? Like, what's happening here? Who's responsible for this? And so he says, I want to take you back to what you had said in the book about Bill saying something about faulty programming. Maybe he knew that his killer was a hacker of this or that. And so they try to go through the people that are left. What about Lumet? Well, we know that Lumet didn't like Bill because um, he pointed out the issues that she was having with her small cities or her, her smart buildings. And so she didn't really like Bill, but could she really kill him? I don't know about that. What about Eva? Well, we know that Eva, uh, she's a nurse and all of that, but she could be a hacker. Okay. She had the morphine. She had access to the morphine. So, and she, she does seem like she's got feelings for Andy and Lee does admit that she feels like Eva loves Andy to the point where she would kill for him. So she's a possibility, but we also have to include Andy in that too. Could he possibly be responsible? And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, or do we really trust Oliver? Cause Oliver is into robotics. Like who's to say that he's not a stone stone's throw away from being a hacker. Like he's hella smart. So I wouldn't just completely like X him out of the possibility of suspects just yet, but that's just me. So um, Darby ends up telling Lee that she has to go right now. Okay. Of course their lives are in danger. And Lee was like, well, yours is too. You know, you were held up at knife point. And she was like, yeah, because the killer thought that that was going to keep me from getting closer to you, but it really didn't. All of this is because of you basically. And so she was like, you have to get out of here. You and Zoomer have to go like right now. And so all of a sudden we hear somebody shout Lee's name from the opposite end of the door. Well, it turns out once they finally go to the door, y'all, it's David. He done got hemmed up by, um, is his name Tommy? The security dude. And then out steps Andy from behind him talking about, there's my wife. And that's the way the episode ends, y'all. What is going to happen to Lee? Is Zoomer going to catch them in the act and finally say something to his dad? Who is the real killer who's been knocking people off? I need to know. We are almost to the season finale, you guys. I'm super excited about this show. But let me know what you think, okay? You can reach me at Menu TV Reviews on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also reach me at My TV Reviews Podcast without the S on the end at gmail.com. Y'all, I love y'all, okay? I continue 
continue to thank you guys for coming back. Please continue to share if you care. Please rate and review if you haven't already. Please, please, please. And thank you guys so much. Okay. I'm still going to bring some more shows, hopefully, to the forefront as some of my other shows are ending. If you have any show suggestions, please don't hesitate to let me know what you're watching. Okay, because Mo wants to watch it too, especially if it's good. We need to talk about it. Okay, but that's it, you guys. If you guys are celebrating, like I said, for New Year's, please be careful. Stay safe. All right. And until we meet over the airwaves again, I am Mo and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.